Hey guys, thank you for clicking on that button. We appreciate you listening. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to let you know of two things. We are doing a giveaway, which I believe this week we're doing Hollow Night. So go to our Twitter and retweet the pinned tweet. Also, don't forget to order your limited edition NTN year mug. Link will be down below in the description. Get it before July 31st, where it will be coming off the store. And enjoy the show. very very well how you doing Ryan? dude i'm doing great i'm having a pretty good day i can't complain it's been solid thanks for asking but appreciate it nice yeah nice we all good to go hell yeah (laughs) all right hello and welcome to next to nothing the show where we talk about how to waste your time and not your money in gaming i am your host danny k with me like every week Uh uh-huh my wonderful beautiful ever-present co-host yes Give me more compliments. Have I made you blush? <laughs> Sexy, hot, a American heartthrob. Yeah, I don't mean to brag. Was. I was on a, I was on a magazine once. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hi, guys, friend. How you guys doing? I hope you're incredible. Hello, hello, hello. Listen, because Stranger Things is hot right now. Joe Keery and whoever plays Billy have nothing on Ren. Ren is a <laughs> handsome man. The only man who gives Ren a run oh, for his money. Is Bubba Pudding, who is our special guest this week? Oh, jeez, hey, that's I don't know if I can go off that though. Holy cow, I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys, dude? I'm doing, doing fantastic. Uh, so as we get into it here, we got some we got some housekeeping to kind of get out of the way. Bubba, why don't you go on ahead and plug yourself real quick? Uh, where can the people find you, and what are they going to find when they get there? You can find me at twitch.tv slash Bubba Pudding, and you will find me 75% of the time playing Rainbow Six Siege, either playing with friends, getting pissed off, or playing by myself and getting pissed off. So you get a little bit of a ball for the way. So usually Rainbow Six Siege is a mixture of things. It could be like PUBG, um, just a pretty big mixture of things. A lot of BRs has been kind of my thing, and then Rainbow Six Siege mm-hmm. thing. But I will say this, though. Before we get a little started here, we're we're a little thirsty here today, guys. You know, just Uh-oh. gonna go ahead and just gonna go ahead and pour here in this mug here. Okay. Just oh, a little, that, that a little closer. That's Whoa. an interesting mug. Oh, what's that say? <laughs> Next to nothing, the podcast. I think that's a limited edition item. Oh, I didn't even notice. I, Holy yeah. Cow. Holy cow! <laughs> it just kind of appeared in my room. It's, it's oh man, it works great. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Greenlead is in the chat. He said, "Oh, that's a fancy mug. Wish I had one." He does, and he loves it. Does. <laughs> so uh, limited edition mugs guys they are gone on J- or july 31st so get it before uh they're gone uh we also have another thing so we've been celebrating um our one year as a podcast we celebrated mm-hmm. last year or last week with a, a special one year episode uh, but we've been giving away games all week um and i have a game this one uh we got uh the key from the devs so mm-hmm. once again, uh, that we're giving away um, Insurgency Sandstorm. Once again, a big, big, big thank you to New World Interactive, NWI, uh, for um, giving us an opportunity to give away this game. And we're going to pick a name right now. We had 11 people tweet the proper tweet. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like a lot, lot of Twitter bots that just try to enter contests. Oh, yeah. Um, and they would always like retweet the wrong tweet. Because I always say retweet the pinned tweet and then they just re 
retweet yeah, that, that they retweet tweet. that tweet yeah i saw i was like uh what <laughs> i think yeah. you're doing this wrong so, sport <laughs> we're gonna pick a random uh, twitter user who retweeted the pinned tweet on our uh on our twitter there and pick a random name congratulations mr green elite pog for uh winning excellent work sport the uh <laughs> and he's like no hold on he is in the chat <laughs> green do you want me to re-roll because i know he already has the game and he's already told me and i've wow. just been kind of like i'm not going to not include his name green but because i know already has the game i'm just kidding i'm just kidding it's a joke um I mean, I'll just uh, so greenly. I'm just going to actually send you the key and you can give it to whoever you like. Um, or he said reroll, man. That's a lot of power for one. man. I'll uh, I'll reroll it real quick. So help me if you reroll and it's green again. Yeah, and that would be really funny if that happened. Is that what just happened? <laughs> That's just what just happened. happened. I knew it. I called it. All right, yeah, All right. you have to give it to Green. Sorry, Rip Green, you win again twice. <laughs> Cheers, Green. Proudy. <laughs> okay, so I rerolled it a second time it, at Reba zero oh. two one. Oh, nice. At Reba zero two one, I will contact you on Twitter with the uh, Steam key for Insurgency Sandstorm. Congratulations on winning. Now remember, guys, every time that you retweet. Um, our pin tweets this month you'll not only be entered for a chance to win the game of the week but at the end of the month everyone's names will be compiled into um will be compiled into a big list and it's kind of like putting your name in the hat more times mm -hmm. more times you retweet the more chances you have to win a package with a 70 dollars value so uh with that once again congratulations to at reba 21 i will be uh sending you a twitter message after the podcast um with the steam key congratulations uh are you guys uh anything else before we get into the conversations uh, i think i'm good i'm ready to go i'm down for it let's go cool let me make sure i just put down the name and what do we want to start with guys we have a uh, quite a few things to talk about I mean, you got new headphones, dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get to it, bud. Yeah, so I picked up, these are Audio-Technica ATH M20Xs. Mm -hmm. That is a mouthful. I don't know why we just can't say, you know, Audio-Technica comfy skull grabbers. Or, yeah. You know, something like that. Um, but... So I picked these up because I had a pair of earbuds um, that first off, I thought they just kind of sounded bad. Like, I don't know if it was mm -hmm. just like all of a sudden that I couldn't stand the sound or what. Um, so I, I just figured I would go and get a nice studio pair of headphones. First off, I do a lot of audio editing. Um I also, you know, do all the streaming and sometimes the games with like good directional um, sound really need, you know, an actual set of headphones. Mm -hmm. um, so I picked these up for about $50. I actually saw them um, for a Prime Day deal today for like $38, which I was kind of peeved about. But I'm like, eh, <laughs> whatever. I can't really foresee into the future on Prime Day. Mm -hmm. um, so about $50. And I've been really 
really happy with them so far. Uh, first off, they're loud as hell, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is kind of nice to just know that I'm not going to be always cranking these things. I can kind of right. roll them back a little bit or whatever. I like knowing it can be really, really loud. Um, they're incredibly comfortable. The mm-hmm. only problem that I have, and this is a problem that I have with all over the ear headphones, is that like right around like the cushioning, I always yeah. get sweaty. Like, yeah. Around the ears and stuff. And I think that's a common problem for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have like a problem with them like crushing my ears or like the band like breaking into my scalp or anything mm-hmm. like that or then like really compressing my face. Yeah. Um, I don't have any of those problems. And I know with like some of the cheaper kind of headsets and stuff that I've had before. Yeah. They like to hug tight. Uh, and yeah. then like all of a sudden they'll just be like super loose and barely stay on my head. Mm-hmm. Um. So I've been like the comfort and stuff like that has been pretty fantastic. I've been really happy with that. My only complaint in terms of kind of like this is not even really comfort wise, but just kind of like in the physical realm of things is because they're studio headphones, they have a really long cable, very, very long. Mm-hmm. And I constantly feel like I'm going to accidentally roll over the cable because so it runs under my desk through some cable management behind my monitors and into my interface, which is right in front of me. Mm hmm. I know that feeling all too well from my previous headset where I at first I initially was like, I love having like this 20 foot long cord and then only Mm -hmm. to find out like after every single stream, it'd be like tied into my chair. And it's just like at some point I'm going to destroy this headset on accident. It's a matter of time. Yeah. So I've been I've been taking special care. Also, my seat kind of keeps sorry. My chair keeps like sinking on me. Um This is what happens when you buy shitty Walmart chairs. Um, oh man! So yeah, like I've I've noticed like oh I got I'm like more cognizant of the cable. Um, so overall, like the quality. So that's like the physical aspects of the of it, which I think are just mm-hmm. as important um, as the actual sound quality you get out of them. Yeah. Uh, so I put these things, I've had these things for two weeks now, just about I've used them basically on all my streams. I've used them, um, just kind of sitting around and watching videos and listening to music. Um, the sound is pretty standard. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's clean audio. You're not getting a lot of distortion. Nothing sounds like it's coming from a tin can. Everything is exactly how you would expect it to sound. Um, some of the tests I put it through, um, so my interface, first Uh off, I I can do uh, playback. So as I'm talking, I'm hearing the playback in my ears so I can hear myself as I talk. Um, I sound good back feeding into my own ears. Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, from all my experience running in different radio boards and stuff like that. Um, I'm not noticing anything that would like drive me insane right off the back with these right um i also because it has a combo my interface i have a presonus audio box i2 um the interface has an xlr and a trs combo mm-hmm. connector so i can either plug a mic in or i can plug in my uh base mm-hmm. uh so i plugged my base in got things to where I, I wanted the mix to be and the bass sounds really good the bass guitar sounds really good through it um okay so like as i'm like mixing a song you know mixing the sound from like desktop playback to my bass when i'm practicing um which by the way danny core coming up this friday um, (laughs) 
every like that sounds good like i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not getting like a bunch of you know i'm not hearing all sorts of like distortion and feedback or anything like that with it um so that was one of the tests i did it sounds clean it sounds good um like i i went to a couple of my go-to songs that i always kind of test audio stuff with mm-hmm. um and the one that I went to is Home Away From Here from Touche Amore. Um, that's one of my go-to songs. I have absolutely loved that song since I first heard it. It's Touche is one of my favorite bands. I know how that song is supposed to sound, and I've listened to it on basically everything. Mm-hmm. Like in every every medium that's imaginable except for like vinyl. Right. I've listened to that song. I've listened to it in multiple cars. I've listened to it on like a laptop, on shitty laptop speakers, shitty phone speakers, all sorts of earbuds and stuff like that. Um, the mix listening to music is once again, clean. Like I hear like, you know, I hear like no tinny distortion in the highs or like really bad vibrations and lows bass Mm -hmm. is very clean. And they say that they're like tuned for low frequency use. Um, so when I was listening to, like I said, my go-to songs where I really test out audio stuff, like, you know, uh, playback, yeah. uh, super happy with it. Mix was accurate. Each part was distinguished, but like, like I said, no distortion or anything or like no, like weird drowning out of any other uh, particular frequency. Mm-hmm. In terms of gaming, uh, these are leagues better than what I was using, especially mm-hmm. like in terms of directional use um so i went into sandstorm i've played all sorts of sandstorm with these uh and PUBG. i can i can determine where sounds are coming from fairly accurately with them mm-hmm. um i think that we're not gonna like I, because they're not like a gaming specific headphone i don't know if something that would be similar because it's a 55 it's a it's a 50 millimeter drive or a 40 millimeter driver in these uh, right. speaker drivers so i don't know what an actual gaming headset would offer over these except maybe some i know some have different smaller drivers mm-hmm. that, that help kind of simulate a 3d space fullness yeah mm-hmm. um but I, i've been able to to pretty well determined location of stuff mm-hmm. um and that might just be like you can pro- possibly chalk that up to me just knowing the game mm-hmm uh and knowing kind of how sound works in that game yeah that could put possibly be but not so much for PUBG, um because i haven't played as much PUBG. um let's see anything else over it um so like just like a quick thumbs up or not necessarily thumbs up thumbs down but like best use case for people is if you're doing more at your computer desk than just gaming Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing any sort of just casual listening and viewing and you want something good for sound canceling and these uh, work pretty well sound canceling mm-hmm. um, like overall like with my streams and stuff like that because I have playback in my ears right like uh, you know you guys see me kind of like freak out every once in a while when I hear a noise especially <laughs> since I've moved um, <laughs> and that's because I can hear everything normally basically mm-hmm. Um but the sound the sound uh cancellation is really nice so if you are kind of like in a noisier environment you know you got asshole roommates or a Uh a dog that uh you want to ignore (laughs) um these work pretty well Uh, for you know like i said 
video and audio stuff you know if you're watching or editing video or audio it's good um Mm -hmm. and it's very passable for gaming now if you're just doing gaming if you're looking for something for just gaming i'm not sure these are going to be the best value for you just because um you know if you're not running in a uh another mic if you know you're looking for like a headset that has obviously this doesn't have um have a boon mic on it mm-hmm. uh, does it so have a microphone be... integrated into it at all or is it just explicit okay just explicitly audio out okay no audio in um so like the like i said the best case is going to be you don't care about comms or mm-hmm. if you do care about comms you have other ways of doing it like you're running right. like a yeti or another mic like i am um if you're not exclusively doing gaming and you need something for sound editing if you're doing any sort of video editing and need noise cancellation and stuff like that if you're just exclusively a gamer and you want something with comms you might be better looking at uh something from beats or turtle beach or Mm -hmm. razor or something along those lines um so yeah overall i guess it was worth the 50 dollars so far Mm -hmm. everything sounds great everything's comfortable um I have no complaints except for the fact that I feel like I'm running over my quick cable for too long. And <laughs> that's really more of a me thing than it is an audio technica thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the nature of having really long cables. I found that one out real quick to the point where it's like, okay, I have a cable that's longer than six feet. It needs to be tied down. Like there's no yeah. way around it. It has to. Um, so it's exclusively wired, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yep. okay. All right. Just making yep. sure there's no, uh, there's no microphone on it um Mm -hmm. in terms of the build quality how is the build quality itself like can you imagine this staying totally fine over a period of time so for example the reason why i asked that is Mm -hmm. with my headset in particular i'm noticing that a lot of the uh it's not even so much the padding it's the covering of the padding that's starting to wear Mm -hmm. out already and that sort of thing it's not it's not a big deal but it can be pretty frustrating just feel Mm -hmm. like i spend a decent chunk of money on this it hasn't been that long and it's already showing signs of wear and tear so in terms of that do you see like it being totally fine in that regard or yeah like overall and i can take these off and kind of show like the some of the materials Mm. um you know everything like these you know they feel solid you know it feels like good quality like i've noticed like all the stitching like on the inside yeah feels you know good like i'm not seeing any like bad stitching anywhere the Mm -hmm. plastic overall like structurally like it doesn't feel cheap it has a decent amount of flex to it though which is nice right um it looks a lot bigger than when it was on your head too like i like you actually showing it now actually shows how big it is yeah Yeah. it looked like just like kind of like a cheap pair but then now Mm -hmm. you're actually showing me it's like okay you did pay 50 bucks for that okay that makes sense yeah and then like um like this feels good like this is stiff so it's not like it my concern Mm. would be that this over time maybe not as stiff would wear out yeah um and that could like wear out in the future but like i said everything feels good like i don't feel like Mm -hmm. there's never been a moment where like i've picked this up and felt like it was gonna break in my hand yeah um like i said all the stitching like around the around the ears and everything like that i i you know looked at it pretty good i didn't see any holes or like any like a mm-hmm. bit, like a skip stitch or anything like that um with what i'll do is if people want to like get some good high quality 
looks at these i'll uh, mm-hmm. post a picture on my instagram if people okay. want to check that out um i'll post like a series of pictures on my instagram that people can look at and uh, it'll be in the description of the episode mm-hmm. right on yeah i've been pretty happy with this purchase mm-hmm. the playback like on... bucks right now too right what on prime day at least yeah i think it was a like a timed exclusive thing mm-hmm. kind of thing okay all right uh what were you gonna say Bubba? the playback on your headphones is that come is that like a thing with your headphones or is that uh or is that no, with your interface it's with my interface the interface allows me to um it has a mix for uh import and it has a um i'm sorry input and it has mm-hmm. a makes for interface so you toggle between the two i do kind of a um my interface setting i want to say is like two ticks above playback so i hear just enough input to Mm -hmm. to get an idea of what i sound like Uh, i was because i was kind of curious because like i've because i've had playback on like an Xbox controller before, but I've mm-hmm. never been able to figure out if I'd be able to do it on these kind of headphones or something. So I'm just a, maybe a feature or something that comes with something else, but yeah. Um, other than that, I really don't have much else with these. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really have any more particular questions. Um, that yeah, that basically answers everything that I was gonna say. Maybe in terms of like compactibility. So for example, with my headphones, like I can actually fold in the ears themselves, mm-hmm. so that way it's more compact just for like travel reasons and stuff like that. Do those do that or no? Oh, uh, let's see here. The <laughs> proceeds to break the headphones. <laughs> they just snap and crack. Well, right. <laughs> nope, there goes fifty bucks. I mean, they kind of they can kind of do that. There's not like an actual. This is, I think this is it's about... It's not as, meant to do it. Yeah, it's about <laughs> as compact as they're going to yeah. get. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> Wiggle these back on my head. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. Man. That's that's kind of that. Uh, we have some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I am going to leave it to you, Ren. What are we going to talk about in terms of like the news stuff? Well, we can talk about the Switch Lite, which apparently is a thing. That's that's yes. happening right now. We've we've talked about like the potential for a Switch mm-hmm. Lite in the past. Yeah, yeah we've and even talked that's... about some of the rumors about it because we thought, mm-hmm. at least to my understanding, if I remember correctly, I don't know. I've talked about it a few times just in general. Um, but yeah. I believe there was rumors to be two different consoles, kind of like, for example, a Switch Pro and like mm-hmm. a Switch Lite, which is actually yeah. a thing now. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just was like, oh, no, I didn't say good. words. <laughs> no, you're you're great. Yeah, I think. And that's what we called it was the Switch Lite. And we mm-hmm. for the the rumors were kind of accurate because yeah. we're kind of getting we're getting two things we're getting the switch light which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute that's kind of the bigger thing and then they're just doing like a, a switch refresh yeah updating some like internals and like battery stuff and that's about it mm-hmm. um so it's not really like a new switch pro at least that's a, not what they're marketing it as but like just right. a refresh um you know different is some yeah better choices for them yeah just uh, a more optimized so- version essentially so the basics of the switch light uh, ren do you want to or do you want me to talk about it oh you can go right ahead i looked up some of it i don't know the whole mm-hmm. scoop all i know is that the joy cons 
or for a normal switch you can actually take the joy cons off to my understanding yeah. with the switch light you can't as well as the thing that really caught me off guard which i was actually super shocked when we were talking about before we started the podcast was apparently mm. it doesn't have dockable features which is really confusing to me and i would yeah. love to get more into that but uh but yeah so the the switch light mm -hmm. is going to have the same switch screen and a lot of the same internals i believe okay uh instead it's going to have um it's not going to be able to detach from the joy cons are not going to be able to detach from the main screen it's all going to be one one piece um it's going to have the two the two joy con configuration and they added a d-pad to it so on the left side you have a um a joystick uh mm -hmm. under it a d-pad and then above you have your a b x y buttons uh-huh um and a below those are the is the other um joy switch sorry uh <laughs> the other controller <laughs> the joy con um, yeah the joy con uh so the whole thing is a solid construction i believe it charges off a usb-c I mm -hmm. think. Um, and it has no dockable feature. You're right. And it has no way to output video to yeah. uh, to any other device. Mm -hmm. So really, no. Yeah, the, the whole idea of docking it to, you know, a larger TV or monitor, um, that's no longer in. I believe that works with the HDMI out. That's no longer a thing. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, be and I believe they are saying it's going to retail for two hundred dollars. Yeah, case. and I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at a couple of things right here. So apparently, the screen actually is smaller. Like it's actually a smaller device overall, which I didn't expect. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the the original Switch is a four by nine point four in terms of inches with a six point two inch screen. Apparently, like the Switch Lite has a five point five inch screen. That kind of sucks. Um, I don't see anything in terms of the actual, like, specs themselves, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if they, it probably more than anything is just running on the previous generation specs. That would be my assumption, but I don't personally know. Um, yeah, that's, that's such a weird thing though, because like, for me personally, the dock is like, that's, that's almost exclusively how I use the Switch at this point. Like, I don't realistically take it out of dock to play. Like, I don't personally take it to go so yeah. seeing that there's no dockable features whatsoever is really surprising to me i feel like that's a core part of like what makes a switch so handy is that you can play it as a console or as mm -hmm. a mobile device like that's here's, the real big pro on it um now here's here's an interesting thing too because i'm looking into it a little bit because they actually have a whole full-on compare thing on the nintendo went on the nintendo site Mm -hmm. yeah. The thing with the games, what says compatible games, is it says Nintendo Switch games that support handheld mode. Yeah, meaning not all games will be able to be able to play it on the on right. the light. And right. then yeah, then it's and it's um, and you are right. The screen is smaller. It says it's three point six inches high, eight point two inches long. Mm -hmm. For the for the light, and then um, what was the other thing I saw in here? And the battery life is longer. Yeah. yeah. That that makes sense. So, I mean, if they're going to make it as a mobile, like, it's essentially a mobile exclusive console at this mm -hmm. point. So uh, yeah. improving the battery life just makes sense overall. I don't really yeah. see an issue with yep. that. The thing that Actual I screen. think personally, yeah, the, the thing that I think personally is really weird 
which I don't know personally how expensive it is to set in like separate buttons versus putting in a directional pad. That seems like a really weird and not super necessary change. I get it to a degree because that's just how like most of their handheld devices are in the first place. But it realistically accomplishes the same function. I feel like you don't really have to change that. Like, yeah, if you want directional control features, just like mark them as directional buttons, I guess. I don't know. For me personally, that just seems like a weird thing that you have to change. I feel like that's not exactly a relevant like upgrade or downgrade realistically. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The dock thing is the part that really, really confuses me because that has to be, I guess that is hardware, but that, that makes me immediately wonder what cuts that they made in terms of hardware. Because for example, uh -huh. if they were using gen one hardware and gen one hardware is capable of using this HDMI like output in the dock, why is mm -hmm. this one not able to? That's the thing that I don't personally understand. That seems like a weird oversight to me, unless if it's just like, maybe it's the specific software that they try to use, and that might just be to cut out like, hey, this is a game that you need Joy-Cons for. For example, like Pokemon Let's Go. You need mm -hmm. Joy-Cons to use it. You can't actually play it fully docked. It's not a thing that you can unfortunately do. So maybe that's the reason, but I don't know. That, I, that just seems like such a weird thing to me. That really does. Yeah. The only thing like I'm kind of disappointed with is there's just mm -hmm. no output, right? Like the, yeah. there's no can we get like uh, an HDMI out, like a mini HDMI out, mm -hmm. right? Because it might, it's sure it might be nice for for some people to run an HDMI across your living room just so you can use your hand, you know, so you can just put yeah. your hand held out. But if there's no other way to do that with it, mm -hmm. then. I I would just see myself wanting to get a, a regular switch, mm -hmm. um, which I've been close to many times. The only reason being is like if I get a switch, I'm gonna have to get like a, a capture card to run into the because I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm of course gonna stream Pokemon Short Sword and Shield. You yeah, crazy. Uh, <laughs> so that's like the, been the big thing. I'm like, okay, so the fact that I can't dock it or, uh, uh -huh. you know, not even necessarily dock it, but um, do any sort of video out from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has me not really thrilled. Everything else, like, but and that's just because my best case use is mm -hmm. I'm going to stream games. Um, yeah. And like, I, I personally wouldn't have an issue if, like, Say if it was dockable, so the way that the Switch works, the original Switch, is that, like, what it'll do is it'll focus so much more on providing better quality when you do dock it. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big things. I don't really care if, like, the Switch Lite doesn't really put too much effort into really, like, hardcore trying to process information and make it, like, a significantly better quality. That's not yeah. a big deal to me. I just prefer to be able to, like, sit down with a controller and play on, like, a monitor rather than always having to play it as just a mobile device. Like, that seems like a weird thing. And I don't know, maybe they'll release, like, a mo like a smaller dock. I could see that being a thing in the future, where they're just like, mm -hmm. oh, you know how you couldn't dock it? Well, now you can. Updates, quote-unquote updates, I could see that being a thing. But yeah, I don't know. I would have, that a, hard, I would have a hard time seeing, like, an update, because if there's no slot for it... Yeah, well, that's a, that's even... the thing is that's not necessarily how a switch works. The way that like a switch works is the power, like the power connector is actually mm -hmm. what goes through the dock to connect all of the features together. 
So like as long as you still have the same power like connector, which it seems to be the case, what I saw it looked like the exact same one. I don't see why there's realistically a reason. It might be connected in that way. It might not be. And that's probably why, just to like save on like work. But I don't know. I don't realistically see why not, personally. But yeah. But yeah, for for some of the kind of the specs for it, the CPU and the GPU is all the same. They haven't announced anything RAM or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, like they have, um, I guess it depends on the mode itself. Because I know you mentioned uh, about like, is it different quality? Well, yes. it must be based on the mode because it says that the switch itself, the regular switch, mm-hmm. can get up to 1080p via HDMI yeah. and TV mode. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's 720 in tablet mode and handheld mode, and that's yeah. what it says for the light. Is it's going to be 720 the whole time? Yeah. So yeah i'm curious to, but like you said though that makes like how how does that work then so they can get it to 1080 via the hdmi like yeah so what happens in that regard so one of the big issues with the switch is so much of the processing power because it's mostly it's all connected to the screen right there's not mm-hmm. really like right. a separation of device there the only separation is joy cons and that's it um right. It's all connected to the screen, and that's why it runs at 720p. Like, it uses so much of its power in a mobile version to power the screen in such a way, which is probably another reason why they upgraded the battery life, is so that way they can run it as 720p consistently. I could definitely see that being the case. But when you dock it, it no longer has to focus on powering that screen, and it also no longer has to focus on using the battery. That's, like, the Mm, big reasons. So it can actually just focus entirely on rendering the game, rather than rendering it to the screen that's not necessarily optimized for that sort of thing in general. Does that kind of make sense? Right. So, yeah, I I can understand that. And the thing is, is that the dock is what actually moves it. It changes it from a mobile to a TV mode. Initially on just connecting it. It just automatically does that. So that's the thing that I don't really... Like, I wouldn't mind it if it still stayed in mobile mode and it still ran at 720p. I just want the option, personally. What does it use to transmit the video out? Does it use the dock or does it use the switch itself? It uses the dock. There's no, it, it's not connected to the switch at all. The switch, okay, so the, the power output, like the power input to plug it in, connects to the HD. Yes. Well, it connects to the dock in such a way to allow USB connection, uh, hmm. HDMI connection, things along those lines. There's, I think there's like even three different um, USB slots on it. Like, okay, there's a lot of functionality into the dock. It looks like just a piece of plastic, but there's mm-hmm. like certain connections that are in it that just make it a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, the yeah. reason I ask is because I'm looking at uh, an article and they're saying so they have one of those adjustable stands, the switch adjustable stand. <laughs> and I see like an HDMI out on that. Yeah. And so it has me wondering if you know, you plug that in and you hold it mm-hmm. like you would yeah. like the Wii U controller, but then just have an HDMI cable running out to whatever, you know, TV or monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's basically that how it works. At I, least for I, the original Switch, that is. Yeah. But, I uh, wonder yeah. if that, if, I wonder if that would work with the mm-hmm. Switch Lite. If so, then I change my tune on a quite a few things, but if it yeah. doesn't, then I'm just like, ah. Well, that, that's kind of my big issue on it, is, like, I wouldn't realistically have a problem if they made a smaller dock version that worked exclusively mm-hmm. for that one. I, I don't realistically yeah. have an issue with that. But it just seems weird that they're just like, that's never, ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. That seems weird to me. 
I get it to a degree. I just don't think it's a change. Like, I feel like the changes that were made don't necessarily justify a $100 difference. $100 is big, don't get me wrong, but still $200 Mm -hmm. for a portable handheld device that can't do anything else. Like, it just does handheld. And to me, personally, that's a bit much. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm cheap, so (laughs) there's that little detail. So, Ren, Uh what do you think is the best use case for the Switch Lite? Oh, by far travel. Like, I I mean, any Mm -hmm. of the situations where you normally used the switch as like if you use the switch as an undocked device the majority of the time by far this is probably the best thing that you could get like if you're Uh going to be like i need as a mobile device this is definitely the way to go for it like if you want to use it exclusively for that if you want to have it connected to a monitor or something like that obviously not like it doesn't have that functionality to begin with but -hmm. if you're just like i want to play some like because you can play breath of the wild in mobile mode there's a lot of games that you can the very few games that you can't play in mobile mm-hmm. mode and the big shocking one is pokemon let's go that's the one that yeah. always caught me off guard because you need to remove the docks in order to play mm-hmm. you need to remove the joy cons excuse me um i don't know if they made like some options for that kind of game specifically because let's go is a pretty huge title for them like that realistically mm-hmm. is and that's not a big thing that needs to be changed as a matter of fact yeah. most people don't really like that functionality in the first place and mm-hmm. i'm actually there's, there's another thing I'm kind of curious about. So in in the Switch, there's a gyro. And I don't necessarily know if that's implemented into the light version. I didn't check. I didn't even look at it. But there's a gyro that does detect a lot of like uh, motion movement. Because there is motion yeah. controls in it. Even though some people might not like them, that's still a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely curious about that. Um, it doesn't seem like a bad purchase per se. It's not a purchase I would make because I really like having something that I can dock and be its own exclusive console rather than just for me personally a giant Game Boy. Like I don't I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But that's that's for me personally. If you're somebody that does a lot of traveling and things like that, by far this is gonna be the best thing for you. Because I mean the one of the big issues as well with the original Switch is the battery life isn't super great depending on what yeah. kind of games you're playing. If you're playing Breath of the Wild, you're going to run out that battery pretty fast. That being said, if they did upgrades to the battery, you can probably play it for an extended period of time and be fine. I don't really mm-hmm. see a reason why not. So yeah, if if you're a traveling kind of person, by far, this seems like a good idea. Yeah. If you're somebody that'd be interested in connecting it, or you just want to connect it to a monitor, or you want something like that, probably mm-hmm. not. I'd probably just go with the regular Switch, personally. Yeah. But yeah. Bubba, what are your overall thoughts on it? I honestly kind of, well, like, I, for some people, yeah, it's cheaper so that people can go that route. But, you know, looking at, from my perspective, like full time working and everything, I would honestly would rather go the, the extra $100 just, mm-hmm. just to connect it to. Uh, to your TV or whatever, because yeah, you can stream it, you can do whatever you want with it. You have so much more features just for that extra hundred dollars, mm-hmm. just to do a bit more. That make yeah. make a huge difference. Like it's like yeah, you can buy that the light for or two for two hundred dollars, and it's like oh yeah, this is fun. If only it was a bigger screen. Well, extra hundred dollars, yeah. you can play it on any freaking screen you can connect it to. You know. Yeah. So 
I don't know. To me, this seems like something I would buy my kids if I had kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy it for myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe if, like the niece was running in here a bunch of times, but like I'd probably buy it for her. I, I don't, I just have a hard time seeing somebody, you know, that travels a lot. That's going to buy this because right. yeah, look at, look at the, the, the battery life on it. Four mm-hmm. to seven hours. Like, yeah, I, uh, it's a lot of electrical bit babysitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, for that small of a battery life, I don't see it mm-hmm. as a travel to go. Yeah. It's more of, I'm going to spend more time staring at it, charging than playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually charging is, but you raised another point that I wasn't even really considering when it comes to the thing. Like, I don't really mind the switch when I'm playing as a mobile device because I understand yes, the battery life is lower just because that's the way it is. But like in terms of the screen size, I think the screen size is perfect for the original Switch. Like, I think it's like that's pretty spot on for the size I'd want in the first place. If not, maybe like a teeny bit too small. So going with an even smaller device might be a little frustrating for people. And another thing is like your hands on the controller. I didn't even consider this either. But when you're holding a switch undocked, it doesn't feel right. Like it feels it feels obviously not ergonomic. Like it's Mm. it's like a board essentially is what you're holding. You're holding like a little board. And there's no real ergonomic handling towards it. The Joy-Cons feel weird. It's overall not a pleasant experience in terms of that regard. So making it even yeah. smaller where you're like, I need baby hands to play this. I could see that being a big deal, too. That was something that didn't even cross my mind. But yeah. I think the pad kind of helps it, though, because like the other one is more split. It's mm-hmm. like for the for the on the left side. It actually being a pad maybe kind of helps that. But that might help it. Yeah. Yeah but cool anything else in the switch light uh coming to your guys's minds right now do either of you have a switch yeah i have a switch yeah 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 um i was looking into one but i haven't really gone forward with it yet the only thing i can think of is it kind of limits um like the upcoming games that will be made in a degree Mm -hmm. of a lot of games are made with the assumption that you do have Joy-Cons. Like, you can just... If you want to have Joy-Con support in your game, you can. But, like, it's not necessarily a mandatory thing. But when something like this gets released, where it's like, there's no Joy-Cons. It's not a thing. It's all one device. Like, Mm -hmm. people build for the lowest common denominator most of the time. So that immediately means that most likely there's going to be a significant amount of games that aren't using Joy-Con support in that regard. Which... To me personally, that's not a big deal. Sometimes I find them kind of frustrating to deal with. Let's go is the big example where like Mm -hmm. at first you're like, this is a fun mechanic. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, I am tilted. I want out of this. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. For people that do enjoy that side of things, I could see that being like it feels bad on that one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's basically it. That's my last point, essentially. Cool. Uh, Ren, what do we talk about next? We are talking about, let's <laughs> I remember, oh, Steam Labs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Steam oh, Labs. Yeah. So this was one of those things. We've we've talked about game discovery a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, um, like, just some different, like, interesting ways that, like, Discord has done stuff, which we haven't heard anything about Discord gaming in a while. Um, yeah. 
I think we talk, we've talked about GOG Galaxy, which isn't necessarily about game discovery, but is another um, kind of like tertiary app that like helps you catalog your games and find stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a kind of a re-evaluation on Valve and Steam's part for their game recommendation and discovery stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to give all the full details on that? I can give some gists. Um, so one, mm-hmm. there's there's three big things that they're announcing with it. And the first one is six-second game trailers for every game that's on Steam, which I mm-hmm. think is pretty great. Like, it's I believe it's actual gameplay, if I remember correctly, in it. Like, they actually have to show gameplay. It's not necessarily a trailer in itself. But that's an immediate mm-hmm. plus for me, because there's a lot of games out there that are either really bad but they'll try to sell you on something like a cutscene or a cinematic or something along those lines or like mm-hmm. a trait, like a full on trailer and then just sell you off of that exclusively. I've seen multiple games do it. And then like the game itself sucks. And then I just hate the fact that I spent money on it. Um, yeah. But it also gives an opportunity for games that might look maybe not the most pleasant, gives you a little tiny bit of insight to at least see what's going on there for, for developers that are maybe like really small. Because most people do put out, like, gameplay, for the most part, when it comes to Steam. But that being said, that's not everybody. A lot of them are Mm -hmm. just pictures, so just putting that out there, one, reduces the amount of just trash that's put out. Because most people probably won't even put the effort into making a six-second video. It's a shocker, but, like, that's a a thing. (laughs) Um, It really is. You'll notice so many, like, uh, what are they, asset flips, where it's just, like... Oh, random asset flip game 27, and it's just pictures, Mm -hmm. and that's it. So I'm assuming most of them won't have, like, they won't do that. I really doubt it. But, uh, so yeah, at least at the bare minimum, it's a mild limiter when it comes to that. At best case, it shows gameplay of games that I wouldn't normally see, and I can go to any game on Steam and know I get to see some sort of gameplay. At least something. And that's that's really nice to me. I, I really like that. Uh, the second mm. one is a uh, an actual recommendation <laughs> survey, if you will. So for those who don't know how Steam's uh, recommendation settings work, it'll track somewhat games that you've played and will try to recommend you different games sort of along those lines. Try is the big word. Because, for yeah. example, I'll have I like for the most part, I play shooters when it comes to Steam. I'll play shooters. Or I'll play, like, Stardew. Like, very... That's very different in terms of itself. Mm. So it tries to figure out something along those lines. I've had it recommend NBA 2019, which (laughs) has, like, I even... When it showed it to me, it was like, you would love this game. You would absolutely love it. And then it has, like, overwhelmingly negative reviews. And, like, it's just highly criticized as, like, a cash grab title. And that's Uh it. And I'm like okay, I don't know what the entire point of recommending this to me was. I don't see the issue. Like, I don't know why you did that. Um, sometimes, very le- rarely, it'll recommend something I actually care about. I, mm. 90% of the time that I spend going through the recommendations, I think it gives you up to 20 games at one point. I, I mm. probably reject 90% of them. And right. look at one. Like, look at, like, one of them. And then maybe follow the second one. Maybe. But for the most part, it's all of them are denied. And then like 10% I even remotely give an opportunity to. 
um the way that this is going to work is it's more of a survey in the sense that like you can actually choose what kind of game you'd be interested in i'm curious to see if they're going to be like what out of like these types of games what would you what would your top three be for example when you make a twitch account that's actually a thing when you make a twitch account nowadays it'll be all like yeah. what games are you interested in and i'll show you a list and you'd be like borderlands and then like destiny and halo and it'll be like okay we'll show you like these kind of games and maybe a couple others um i'm hoping it has something along that as well as having sliders which they did show they did show that they had sliders and i believe one of them was for popularity versus niche niche games which is mm -hmm. cool because i don't want to see every single triple a title known to man i already yeah. see them enough everywhere else as it is i think i'm good mm -hmm. um but being able to see that to see like new new games that like newer creators might be interested in making that's a cool thing. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. I believe the other one was a slider in terms of review ratings as well, um, mm -hmm. where you can search explicitly only for overwhelmingly positive to maybe overwhelmingly positive to very positive all the way to like, mm -hmm. I just want to look at the horrible games. I want to see the trash. <laughs> I want to see the garbage. Just show me it. Um, right. But yeah, I think that's super cool. I, I think that's really nice. Um, it just felt like the previous recommendation settings they had in the first place didn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and the final one, which I personally don't care about, is uh, that I guess they're going to be showing like an automated video where they essentially announce like featured games that are coming up soon. So say, for example, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out. And for that month, they'll be like, okay, we're going to have Cyberpunk 2077 some other AAA games, and maybe, like, a cool indie game. That's my expectations for it. That's what I'm expecting yeah. to see on it. So that in itself, I don't really care about. I feel like that's kind of just rehashing what's already available on Steam right now with mm -hmm. just the way that it bases its store page, where the first thing that you actually see is the featured games. Like, you don't get to see indie titles. You don't get to see any of that. It's just featured games as your, like, core thing immediately. So I personally, yeah. I don't see the reason of doing that. I can kind of get it, but mostly I don't really care. But those are the three mm -hmm. things that they realistically announced. I'm sure they have more things planned. I'm curious. Um, yeah. The big things that I want them to expand upon for sure is maybe uh, I would personally prefer if they made the gameplay section, like the little trailer gameplay thing that they have longer. Mm -hmm. I would like that to be longer. It'd be awesome if they could make it 20 seconds at least because I don't want to get stuck in like, oh, here's a little cutscene and people abusing that. Um, yeah as well as uh, more expanded options when it comes to its uh, recommendations thing. Because I would definitely be intrigued. I want to at least see where they take that. Because right now, it's pretty meaningless. I get recommended NBA, Cat Girl Simulators, and like some <laughs> other random garbage that doesn't make sense. And then I'll occasionally get recommended Call of Duty seven times. And it's like, right. what was the point of me like, realistically going to this? I would have been better off just searching on my own. So your recommendation feature does nothing for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's all I gotta say on that personally. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see what it... Uh... Let me look at my recommendations, but uh, Bubba, how? Because you're you're pretty new into the the PC gaming world. Mm -hmm. um, ha has Steam kind of met your needs, or has it been overwhelming? Like, how do you feel this is going to be for like a new user experience? 
Well, holy cow, that's loud. Um, really, I've actually kind of found myself exploring Steam a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of because Steam's been kind of like the first thing I go to when it comes right. to finding games because mm-hmm. I don't know too much going outside of Steam. Like mm-hmm. just the other day, I actually went to Humble for the first time. I've never been on it my entire life, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I want a new game, but I don't want to spend like a ton either. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't want to spend you know sixty bucks on a brand new game that I've never even heard of, you know. So it's like mm. I'm gonna look for something, you know, within the twenty dollar range or ten dollar range or something. So yeah. you know, I I just find myself exploring, and even I look at the recommendations right now. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what this first game is, but like, <laughs> and I haven't looked too much into it. But like, I've had the same same similarity of you, Ren, too, because like I've got NBA recommended. To yeah, too, and it's like I don't play sports games on my computer. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Because sport for me, sports games is more for the console. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. even had a buddy that told me that too. He said he will never play it on PC. It's just mm-hmm. sports games on PC is just not worth it. And you're yeah. not going to play it on a mouse and keyboard. You're going to play it on a controller. Yeah. So, you know, that's just one thing. But like, I try to find a game on Steam, and it just seems mm-hmm. like I can't find it. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. I I can't seem to like because I'm willing to go as far as looking at an indie game, and if it grabs my attention, I'm gonna freaking play it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't even know. And I had mentioned it to Danny a little bit. I'm not sure if it is a indie game or not, but it's something called Golf It. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's heard of that. Mm-hmm. Is, would that be considered an indie game? Yes, or not that really? is that is considered it an is. indie game. Yes, yeah. Well, I had a friend that brought it to me, and we played it, and we just had the time of our lives. Like, just a, a simple game yeah. of miniature golf mm-hmm. just had me had the time of my life with my friend. You know, it's like you don't need to play these AAA games all the time yeah. to have fun with friends. Like, it's something so simple as this, mm-hmm. where this game is only, I think it was like 9 bucks, 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, something so simple, and it's it's a fun time, you know? Yeah. One yeah. other question I have too is PUBG considered to be indie? PUBG is or not really is an not. indie title. I don't consider um, it to be. Like, I would consider it, it to be like a double A title. Because um, didn't when it first came out, was it it considered one? Or well, it was it was through like large developers. It was just uh, it, was. it was released in early access. So I can understand why you would think that it would be like an indie title because a lot of indie titles are released in early access. But nowadays, right. a lot of AAA titles are getting released that way. And I, I can get into an entire fucking conversation about that in itself. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, I, I would personally put that more into a double A category where it's not like the it's it's obviously not the most polished thing in the world. And you mm-hmm. know that they didn't spend a crap ton of money making it, but you know they put like a decent amount of time and effort into it. Right. That's that's right. for sure one of the things that you can see. Um, right. But another thing, so a, a thing that I wasn't even considering at first was, uh, so we've had somebody on the past come on, a uh, fan, who's actually really into these games that I personally never look into, personally. Where it's the yeah. really niche titles, like the super like niche things that I didn't even know existed in the world. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to filter out all the triple A garbage and just look for like the random thing that like Greg from like two cities over made. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I really gotta like give respect to that. 
So, I don't know. I, that's been one of the big things with Steam in the first place, is that, like, a lot of people consider it to not be super friendly towards the indie market. It is to a degree mm-hmm. where, like, anybody can post their stuff there realistically, but in terms of searching it up, it's pretty, like, you're, you're flooded with nonsense. Half yeah. the time, I'll even look for a AAA game, and half the time I can't find it because it's just like, look at all these other things that have one word out of the four words I put in. And it's like, great, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Um, but yeah, for, for situations like that for fan, I, I would say this is a huge upgrade. Yeah. But uh for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. I feel like this mm. is the right direction that they need to go into in the first place. Because yeah. it's just it was- Steam has been feeling more and more corporate and also more and more like it's so difficult to browse at times. It really is. Even when you look up certain games, like I'll I'll search indie, like indie horror, and half of the games aren't horror. Half of them are like the nudity anime, uh, like <laughs> romantic novel. And I'm just like, I don't know what this has to do with anything. And then some you of them are even whore. just troll tags. You spelled whore. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, I don't oh, know what's going on here. Sons. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Addition-san, senpai, notice me. <laughs> but yeah. And as Kamikaze or Osex put into the uh, Twitch chat, is I usually just search titles I found on other sites instead of searching Steam for them. And I completely agree. That's what I do more often than not, in the, like nowadays anyway, is like mm. I can't rely on Steam's search at all. Like I can't. I'd rather go to just Google and look up a game Hell, I can, like, type in what I think the game is, and it'll give me, like, three recommendations of it's probably this game, this game, or this game. Don't be dumb. And it's like, okay, great. Versus I try to, like, put in any sort of a descriptor at all in Steam, and it's like, you want to play some cat girl simulators? I'm down for it. And it's like, I'd rather not. <laughs> I think I'm good. They, but, yeah. They watched, your, they watched your maid outfit streams and just... Really- uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where they really get the information. They watch all of your, they watch everything that you do. Yeah. Watch out if you've been doing some uh, some interesting things. Anyway, two, the two comments so, I have too is I um just the one is uh, I really do appreciate the videos that they put on them too because mm-hmm. that is a huge part when I'm looking at yeah. at games. I won't even read anything. I'll just mm-hmm. watch the clip that they have for the couple seconds, and if it's worth it, I'll continue to look through it more. But mm-hmm. if the video is crap, I won't even look at it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then se- secondly, agree. do you think that um, there is kind of like, I don't know if it's out in the open, something that people know about, but like, is it possible since that, like, me and you both have said that we were recommended NBA, but neither of mm-hmm. us play sports. So do you think that there's a possibility that 2K is like advertising on Steam? It's Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, especially when it comes to something along the recommendation feed, I would not doubt it in the slightest. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. is in the recommendation feed itself, you can deny a game, like you could you could ignore it, and it will still show up in the recommendation feed later. That's the thing that's really weird. So like, I'll deny NBA 2019, but the next time I try to refresh recommendations, it's like, are you sure? I, I mean, we have it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you'd be really into it. You like basketball, right? And it's like, no, <laughs> not particularly. Um, but yeah, I'm sure of that. I don't know. And they try. They do try. I'll give them credit on this. 
because they have a certain search criteria and they show you what the criteria are. So, for example, um, if you look through recommendations and you find a game and you scroll down, it'll be all like, we've recommended you this game because of this reason, this reason, and this reason. Some of them will be like either checked correctly or like marked off. So, like, for example, we recommended this game to you because it would be it's overall had like a really good rating. Like it's it's just an overwhelmingly positive rating. We don't see any reason why you wouldn't be into this. A good example would be like Return of Overdin. That's a good example of it. That one shows up in my feed because of that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll show up in your feed because another friend has played it and they're thinking, okay, that friend really likes it. You might like it too. That seems fair. That seems reasonable. Um, But specifically when it comes to things like NBA, like there's no real, I don't know a friend at all who has played an NBA game in the Mm -hmm. slightest. Uh, the ratings are just bad, and there's not really a reason behind it. I can't. I couldn't find any real reason. I think they might have recommended it to me because it was considered an action game, and that yeah. was their like that was their way of getting in. Was like, oh, it's totally an action game and just not sports. Definitely not. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the current the current one just doesn't make sense. It realistically doesn't. There's some things that, in theory, sound good, but when they're actually put in, they just don't make a clue of sense whatsoever. Like, okay, one game has overwhelmingly positive reviews. It's, that doesn't mean it's up my alley, for one. It doesn't mean it in yeah. the slightest. If it's like, there, there was... I, okay, don't ask why I get so many random anime games. I don't even know why, personally. because you're secretly a weeb. Just come out of the you, weeb club. You got me. You got me. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Naruto. That's, that's me. <laughs> anyway, um, they recommended me, like, this anime RPG game. And it had overwhelmingly positive reviews. But, like, that's just not the art style I like. I could care less about that kind of uh, art style whatsoever. So... I don't, I don't know. I figured, like, if I just stop accepting those ones, if I ignore them, maybe it would learn. But its learning process does not just, it doesn't seem to learn at all. That's, that's the yeah. big thing I notice. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully that turns out a lot better. I think that's a yeah. huge area for growth. Mm-hmm. Especially as competition from Activision Blizzard starts to get up and Epic yeah. Game Store, mm-hmm. Discord, Humble Bundle, you know, all mm-hmm. these different game stores. Uh, they, they do need to kind of up their game in, in that aspect, make it a lot easier for people to find games yeah. that they want to play. And um, yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be welcomed. I'm kind of excited to experiment with it and play with it every once in a while and kind of see what mm-hmm. the updates are going for it. Yeah. And they have updated certain things. They're just not realistically like super talked about because, to be fair, they're not the absolute most important. And sometimes they don't even yeah. work super properly. So, for example, the friends list that got updated a while back. I personally like it, but for some reason, it's not implemented in games. Like mm-hmm. when you go and try to invite somebody to your game, it doesn't show the new friends list where it's organized based on what a person's playing. It shows you the old version where it's just organized by alphabetical order of people. And it's like, right. that does literally nothing for me. Thank you. Um, Absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 one thing that I do have an issue with. But yeah, I, I'm glad to see that they're making like adjustments. I'm very happy to see that because it's been very stale for the most part. That's realistically been the only change that's happened that mattered was the friend yeah. request thing or the friends list rather. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Cool. Um, 
if you guys don't mind, mm-hmm. we probably should move on to another topic here. Uh-huh. Uh, what's next on the list, Ren? We got the retro arc thing going on, which I actually personally don't know a whole lot about, so I can yeah. blissfully shut up and listen and understand what's going on. So it, I can talk a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kind of get us over the basic steps here. So RetroArch is an emulator program uh, by Libret. Mm-hmm. Libretro. Okay. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, that's not quite right. <laughs> quite right. I was going to say Liberetto or something like that, but Libretro. Um, huh. So I'm assuming Liberated Retro. <laughs> Uh let me just take a random guess at that uh they have this so they're an open source software company and they designed this emulator software called retro arc it's going to be added to steam on july 30th and it's kind of got some people in kind of a weird gray um area questioning the legality and all sorts of stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so it's an emulation uh software uh, software so you can emulate thing you know all older game systems right. other hardware uh, natively on your computer mm-hmm. um so you know commonly for a lot of people who are like pokemon fans like i've talked about a rom hack that was an uh that was an emulated game here i did you know all my pokemon crystal clear playthrough uh that mm-hmm. was on the stream that was done through the uh, vba virtual boy advance right uh, emulator uh, so there's been some questions about uh, if the, it's allowed on Steam. And Steam mm-hmm. doesn't really have any rules against emulators. I don't know if that's an oversight on their port, part mm-hmm. or if that's, like, just, you know, never been, yeah, you know, a problem. To my understanding, uh, emulators themselves aren't illegal. Because, um, like, that allows, like, ROM, ROM hacks or actual, like, mm-hmm. created for the purposes of that sort of thing kind of games. I don't believe yeah. they're illegal in that terms, so they probably didn't even consider it. And they probably don't realistically care. But yeah. I don't know, because I'm looking through it a little bit, and I it's, it's a front end for multiple emulators. It's yeah. not necessarily its own emulator, but it uses multiple different ones and combines it into essentially one giant, like, giant com- compiled emulator. That makes more sense. Those are words. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. It's almost like a marketplace for, for, or not necessarily like a marketplace, but it's like a... Uh-huh. It's like an interface it, for it. It's, yeah, it's, it's an interface for just, emulators. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, um, I don't... <laughs> like, I'm looking at the website right now, and it has, uh-huh. like, a, th- a work-in-progress 3D, uh, 3DS emulator, Nintendo 3DS emulator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got uh, one for the Wii and GameCube as an emulator. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else? Is an early tomb... They have one called Open Laura. Mm-hmm. It's an early Tomb Raider game engine recreation. So I guess mm-hmm. that would just help you... In uh, Let's see. Melon DS is a work in progress. Nintendo DS emulator. Um, yeah. Game Boy. So a lot of them are like Nintendo, but then there's also like a PX68K mm-hmm. uh, emulator. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of them. It's not even necessary. Mm-hmm. Like these are the ones they're featuring. These are their latest yeah. scores that he's talking about. But there's quite a few. There is definitely a ton. Um, but I do have to agree, though. I wonder how that's going to play out. Because it's not mm. necessarily 
on Steam if they allow an emulator. At least in the process that I'm thinking, that's not realistically an issue in and of itself. But yeah. you got to get the ROM somewhere. <laughs> and that's yeah. where the issue lies. That's the big thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, I have no idea what they're going to plan on doing with that. Maybe they yeah. have some sort of plans to announce, like, M like ROMs specifically for it that are actually licensed mm -hmm. and you can pay for them. <laughs> but yeah. I doubt it. Um, so I actually had a use case in my mind mm -hmm. for it and there so i've had problems with games that i've bought on steam sale mm -hmm. most notably fallout 3 i tried to do a yes. fallout 3 playthrough on my stream yeah and be, and it fallout 3 that i bought <laughs> from steam is does not play well with windows 10 mm -hmm. even in compatibility mode even when i've done different mods and done all sorts of different things mm -hmm. i still crash i still hit frames which i should not be hitting I should not be getting yeah, not hitting frames on like an overly 10 year old game, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially when I don't get I don't have any frame drop issues with Skyrim mm -hmm. at all. Um, so I have all these issues with Fallout 3. So I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, what if retro arc could be a way for users to deal with compatibility issues? Uh, with different hardware because we're getting to a point where a lot of games past mm -hmm. a certain point or past a certain age are going to start running into some major compatibility issues unless devs yeah. see that as like because Bethesda doesn't care about Fallout mm -hmm. 3 people can buy Fallout 4 and Skyrim they can buy, buy Fallout 76 um, you know do whatever they whatever they're going to do yeah um, so that was my best case best use case scenario in my mind was okay so RetroArch. what if it is like a way for steam users to emulate something they like they run something mm -hmm. on their they run this on their computer and somehow play the games that just aren't compatible with their uh, systems anymore using RetroArch. Mm -hmm. that would be that's cool. where <laughs> i don't yeah. know if that would necessarily like that that'd be awesome if that was a thing but like you're right, Bethesda doesn't really care. So why would Bethesda put in the effort to make it yeah. compatible? That's my immediate like thought process. Well, and I'm not even because... thinking like devs doing it. I'm thinking modders being able to, mm -hmm. you know, you run RetroArch and Fallout 3 in conjunction with each other mm -hmm. and create some sort of, or maybe like RetroArch allows you to... Um, almost run like a virtual machine of some sort that mm -hmm. would be yeah. Windows 7. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Like something yeah. kind of funky or weird. I'm not like, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure there are IT people out there or like computer scientists in this space who just heard me say that and are like slapping their head. <laughs> I'm sure what I... Only a tiny bit, but it's fine. But you know what I mean? Like some, yeah. some weird way that they can use it to yeah a compatible mode to run runs that would to me when i was thinking about this mm -hmm. thinking about like legality and stuff like that because yeah. the problem with emulators as you said is well and we've talked about it before being you can get roms and you can play roms mm -hmm. but the fine but the line between piracy and not being piracy is if you already own mm -hmm. that game yeah and not so you know if you had like if you already have like a copy of like pokemon red yeah and um 
you just get a ROM see, for Pokemon Red, you still have the you still have the right to play that game. See, I could definitely see that being more of a thing where essentially what it does is it does more of a check to see if it's in your library, for example. So say uh-huh. in terms of Fallout 3, maybe they actually already have the uh, converted like ROM file for it. Because the thing mm-hmm. is, is that you can't really just throw like I can't throw Fallout 3 for my PC into an emulator and just make it work. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. It's just not yeah. compatible for it. So maybe it just unlocks the ability to use that ROM. That would be nice. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would definitely be a cool thing and not super hard to implement in itself. Um, but yeah, that that would be I could see that being a case scenario and that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, that way, at least there's no legality issues like, you know, they own the license for it. Mm-hmm. Um things along those lines um but yeah i don't know like that's that's a very broad thing because like okay that that would excuse the things that are on steam but what about the things that aren't on steam like what about that random rom that you just got off of like coolroms.gov yeah (laughs) and you're just all like i need this one um but yeah i don't know like there's I have I have a few things that I do have a mild issue with it. I would understand mm-hmm. if I had to pay for ROMs, and I'd also understand if they had a ROM store in Steam. I'd be like, okay, makes sense. The developers for it need to get paid somehow in the first place. Yeah. Like that just has to be a thing, as well as at least paying for the license fee to like actually play the game to consider yourself mm-hmm. owning it. But uh but yeah, I don't know. That in itself is a very huge task to take on for Steam in itself. Because that's essentially creating an entirely new store. Like, yeah. that's, that's, the in, like that's the big step you got to take, is you got to recreate something you already have, but make it exclusive to ROMs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. That's, it's, it's a big gap, and I have no clue at all what they're planning to do with that. I'm just curious, and part of me is like, they won't do anything with it, and part of me also is like, maybe they'll just say this is too much effort, and just kibosh it all together and remove it off of Steam. Yeah. I could see that being a thing, too. But yeah. I I honestly believe that I think they're gonna go through with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Because, you know, it, it seems like it's a lot of hassle, but you would be surprised of, like, how many people would get into this. Mm-hmm. Because... Something as small as this, and I even have a CD yeah. ROM here, which surprises the hell out of me. I even found this. But if you can read this or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> where in time is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> game is called. You have no idea how much of a nostalgia that is for me if this were to go through and they were yeah. able to operate Windows 98. Right. To be able to do that and being able to go back to like a childhood thing, I would spend a lot of money to get all that back. Yeah. Honestly, in my opinion. So I would root for them to being able to figure out how to work this out for copyright issues or whatever the thing was, you know, mm-hmm. and because I would want to see this in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree too. Like, I think it would definitely be an awesome thing if they really implemented that. Because I'm in the same boat, maybe not necessarily with Carmen San Diego, but I mean, <laughs> I want to play Halo Don't 2. You hate 
I want to play Halo man? 2, and I don't want to have to play it, like, through a guy. Like, I had a CD player that I had to, like, put it onto another computer to put all the files over, to move it to a USB, to do all that. I'd like to just play the goddamn game. I don't want to have to go through the trouble. So, like, that would be super nice. I don't want to go through the hassle of trying to make a game compatible to play on my computer. I just want to be able to be like... Here's three dollars. Just give me the game. Just let me play it. You don't even care at this point. It doesn't matter to you. Like, yeah. what? How? How much do you really care about that fucking? Oh my god, what is it? Putt Putt saves the zoo. Like, how much you really care about Putt Putt? Like, really? I don't think you care that much. Come on, I just want to play as my favorite purple car. I want to go save the giraffes. But like, I say that's a dead franchise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> damn but, but yeah but let's let's see the last time that we've had a putt putt game real quick hey don't hate on putt putt okay we're talking about retro <laughs> gaming here but excuse me <sighs> uh, oh man you know there is quite a few games like from from playstation 2 yeah and the first playstation that's like holy cow i would like yeah. love to play those but like i just don't have the energy to go through the freaking Exactly. Cords and controllers. Exactly. I don't want to go through with it. I, I don't want to have to go on I, eBay to hope to God I can find a working PlayStation One. <laughs> like I don't want to do that at all. Like I will gladly pay you for the fucking console emulator and the ROMs. <laughs> I'm chill with it. It doesn't matter to me. But uh, but yeah, that'd be sick. I I wouldn't have an issue if they got it working. I just think like it's the matter of getting it working. That either yeah, is A, going to take so much time, or B, is just going to be too much of a hassle for them to bother with. <laughs> That's my thing. Because if they implement it correctly, I can see this being awesome. Like, I could be, see yeah. it being absolutely incredible, and I'd probably own it. <laughs> just mm -hmm. immediately, I'd be like, yes. I, I definitely want to play Harvest Moon for the PlayStation 1 on my computer. I can't. Do you think, that they're, do you think they're going to make you pay for the emulator, though, too? Or is that just going to be incorporated with Steam? So... For me personally, I could see them paying. So the thing about it is like, it's not just one emulator, right? It's a series of emulators. Right. I can right. see them charging for specific emulators as well as charging for ROMs. Like right. I could see that being a thing. Um, maybe they don't charge for the emulators. I don't know. I could see that being like an iffy ground for uh, mm -hmm. like, say for example, I would think Sony would really want in on their like PSX uh like revenue from their like their playstation emulators i could definitely see that being a case but also at the same time maybe they don't want to go through the hassle of doing it but like they could easily just be like yes whatever roms we make money off of mm -hmm. sure so right now as i see it mm -hmm. you can download it for free off their website Okay. So my assumption is, is that everything is going to be free, mm -hmm. uh, because everything is also open broad or open uh, source. Yeah. Um. So my my other assumption being that it'll either let you get the ROMs from like Steam or from their store or something like that, or if you have ROMs already through whatever means illegal or legal, mm -hmm. um, that you can run it as well. That's going to be my operating assumption. Yeah. Why so. is it why is it considered illegal in some situations? Uh, game For piracy. ROMs themselves? Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. Game piracy. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, which is why cool ROMs got taken down. Mm -hmm. A lot of cool ROM ROMs. sites have been gone. 
Like, as a matter of fact, I tried to check it recently. I could find, like, one. <laughs> I could find yeah. one or two, and it had, like, a tenth of their library that they used to have. So, yeah. I don't know. I, like, they've been cracking down on it. I'll give them props on that. Like, I'll give them credit. Like, they've yeah, definitely been putting Nintendo. effort to not let... Yeah, exactly. They've been putting out a lot of effort to not allow it. So, I could see them being it. like... Yeah, I could see them being like, you know what, fine, we'll allow it as long as you just pay us a fee for whatever game. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see that being a thing. I don't see why they'd have that big of an issue with it, personally. Yeah. But yeah, as long as they're making money, even if it's like, what, 50 cents or ROM? Right. Like, money's money. <laughs> and if mm. you're making money off of a dead game, I more power to you. <laughs> right. But yeah. Um, so off of that, uh-huh. first off, Bubba, I saw you're typing in our chat earlier. Do you have to go or very unpatient niece is wanting my attention? Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Well, let's just do like a quick little thing on this Kickstarter and then we'll mm-hmm. wrap things up real quick. So yeah. there's been two stories I wanted to talk about that involve Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, and I just want to get a quick yes or no question from you guys after I explain this. So Shenmue three backers, uh, it, on Kickstarter, it's been confirmed that there are some special retail versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And the dev says that with those, with those, there's some DLC and other content that goes along with the retail versions of the game. Mm-hmm. Dev says that they aren't affiliated with the Kickstarter rewards and that uh and so therefore shenmue 3 backers are not entitled shenmue 3 no entitled to that content the extra content that comes with the retail version all right but they will be for sale those that content that dlc will be available uh for purchase separately so our backers my my question for you on kickstarter is is our backers entitled to content and here's my little caveat especially if they're higher tier so let's say they're like an 80 dollar backer uh-huh and this special version of the game this retail version of the game with the dlc Mm -hmm. and whatever other special content is 80 dollars right 60 Mm dollars for the base game 10 dollars for this dlc $10 Ten dollars for this for these items, right? Mm-hmm. So, someone paid eighty dollars in the thing, and they're getting like the sixty dollars base game and like something else. Yeah, I there's there's a line. So I'd say if you're paying for like a lower price, say for example you're paying like mm-hmm. twenty bucks, I would say you're not necessarily entitled to the game itself. But say you buy the game, you can connect it to your t- Kickstarter fund or whatever, and it'll be like, okay, you have access to the DLCs, you have access to the amount that like you put in, as well as whatever Kickstarter stuff. Sure, I don't have an issue with that. You paid 80 bucks. I think you deserve the $80 version. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. fair. You're you're paying for a game that's not even out yet, and you're giving them your support. So that's that's the way I see it. Yeah. But yeah. There's been all sorts of issues with Shenmue 3 and Kickstarter. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, because people were upset that it was a Epic game exclusive, and a lot of people because of that got refunds. Shenmue 3 and it just seems to be Kickstarter done wrong. And we've yeah. seen a lot of Kickstarter games done wrong. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest, and I've really tried to hold back, but like, 
Shenmue 3 looks like it's going to be bad from my eyes. It does not look like it's going to turn out well at all. So yeah. I, to me, it just looks like a cash grab title. Honestly, mm-hmm. it looks like they're just trying to make money off a name. But yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to hold back. I don't, I'm not going to dive too hard into it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one. Mm-hmm is a game so this was a kickstarter that got suspended uh 24 hours before the kickstarter was supposed to the funding period was supposed to end it's a game called raw it is one of those open world rp games role-playing games mm-hmm. where you're supposed to do you know kind of think about gta role-playing servers where you can do anything with anyone you can create your own you know towns and worlds and maps and you know drive whatever vehicles you want to drive create missions you know this uh everything in the kitchen sink promise the world type of game yeah uh big fry tv who come on the show sometime um (laughs) did a video on on like the because there's a couple of these games that were like announced and in development Mm -hmm. usually from small indie teams and he and he was looking at it with a very skeptical eye Mm -hmm. um and it just he was kind of going over some stuff with raw and talking about the you know how they got pulled how kickstarter only you know pulls funding or you know, prevents funding uh, for like a, a variety of very different reasons, like, mm-hmm. you know, deliberately misrepresenting themselves, yeah. um, you know, proving to be, you know, just, you know, untrustworthy with mm-hmm. money, you know, not fulfilling you know, yeah. backer promises, stuff like that. So they got and that was what they were sent. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my thing is is uh or kind of what i wanted to talk about a little bit is what do you guys look for in any sort of crowdfunding that is like your immediate red flag oh that's a red flag oh i was going to tell you the immediate thing i think like there's an immediate thing i look for and that's the amount of direction that's shown a good example is uh shovel knight they knew exactly where they wanted to go with it immediately off the grass like instantaneously it was like imagine Mega Man ass type of gameplay, retro gameplay. It's a guy with a shovel. You can use it to like do certain interactions. Relatively simplistic, but there's a lot of depth into it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a cool game. A lot of neat things. Like it it tells it what it is. The immediate like I, even when you were talking about the game, I was immediately like, this game is super scummy. I would never let them have my money at all. Is that they promise <laughs> the world? They promise everything. The immediate uh-huh. split second where like the thing about promising something like Shovel Knight is you can you can imagine a time frame for it to be done. You can see mm-hmm. that it's not something that's going to take years. When you say when you immediately are all like it's an RP game. First off, if you have an RP game, you have to have a lot of different mechanics into it. It's not just yeah. as easy as like, oh, I can crank out RP games. There's a reason why GTA takes millennia as well mm-hmm. as like there's also a reason why it's a giant fast world that people still play. Like It's a huge game. It's not anything simple. This is a triple A company making a giant game. So like split second you said RP. I was like, I don't know about this one. When you're all like, yeah, they're promising all these sorts of things. I'm immediately like, "Uh uh-uh, no, it's not going to happen. And Uh just 
those those are the two things I really look at. If if you don't have any real goals, if you're just all like, we're gonna make this RP game where it's gonna be like fast and you're gonna be like doing all sorts of crazy things. And if I'm just all mm-hmm. like, hey, is there gonna be boats in? And you're all like, hell yeah, there's gonna be boats into it. I'm immediately gonna be like, what? <laughs> how do you know there's gonna <laughs> how? What how many things are really in this? Because like mm-hmm. I need a time frame. I need to know when this game is done. Like I'm otherwise I'm not just gonna do it. And that's another thing with Shenmue 3 is like one of the big things that they also had was like, oh, we're everybody loves Shenmue 1 and 2. And I even watched somebody play Shenmue 1 and 2 and they didn't even particularly mm-hmm. like it. It was just nostalgia factor. And I'm like, OK. And like the amount that they showed. Another key thing is what you show really matters. Like it matters a lot, especially when you're putting in something like Kickstarter, where it's based solely mm-hmm. off of trust is like the gameplay looks like it's a playstation 2 game like it looks like it's from ps2 and that immediately like it it shows that you didn't really care like you didn't put that much effort into it if you're really going for like oh this is gonna be for like next gen consoles but it looks like it was from 10 years ago no you don't give two shits about the game obviously you just want it for the revenue same thing with like yeah it's a giant rp game lots of choices blah 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 Whatever you ask, it's totally a thing. We swear. It's like, mm. no. <laughs> no. That Yeah, I don't know. Those are the big things I look at. Just direction, sheer scope. If you don't have, like, a crazy scope. If it sounds like you know what you're actually talking about, rather than just being like, oh, yeah, it's going to be all the things. It's going to be crazy, dude. Mm. It's going to be nutty. You're going to love this versus, like, this is our game that we're making. If you want to support it, cool. If not, we understand. Yeah. But yeah, Bubba, any thoughts on the Kickstarter stuff? Uh, not a ton. That's kind of out of my range, just a little bit. So, mm-hmm. Okay. What about cool. you, Danny? I, I'm always a person of uh, I need proven. Mm-hmm. I I need a, a proven value before I put my money on something. Right. Um, I don't do early access. I don't mm-hmm. do, do pre-orders anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, Insurgency Sandstorm. That was an early access for a while before the official release in December. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't gonna pay for it. I still, I wanna, I wanna play Hunt Showdown. Yeah, it's in early access. I'm not gonna touch it. Um, so I need like the proven value first. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a completed, a, a completed project. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to get my hands on it. I need to be able to touch, feel, taste it. Um, and for me, Kickstarter, I I can't trust it. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I've heard too many people get burned on Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, and Indiegogo. And these guys that did raw, they want to go to Indiegogo. That's what they said they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, I'm hoping Indiegogo is like, y'all were just kicked off of yeah Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> You're kicked things, off for like, a reason. The other things like they don't—they're not actually a registered company. They're like Killer mm-hmm. Whale or something like that. They don't yeah. have a registered company. They don't mm-hmm. have anything like that. Yeah. Um. It's like just two dudes trying to do it. I'm like, mm. yeah. And that right there should give you the biggest thing. It's like it's two people making a giant RP. Like, if if it takes a AAA company years to make a Grand Theft Auto, like there's no way in hell that two dudes unless if they are like hardcore asset flipping exclusively are really gonna pull something off like that in any reasonable time frame like there's no way 
was that their kind of goal with this was to to make another gta or not really essentially yeah essentially yeah mm -hmm. when, when you look at gta gta is probably like the biggest rp there is like and for yeah. good oh. reason it's there's so much functionality and even the modding community is really strong on it but like this is something that you even find out when you look at uh like arma's daisy versus actual daisy daisy standalone mm -hmm. modding and creating are two totally different things those are not mm -hmm. the same thing at all like there's a reason why daisy standalone still to this day even is horrible versus yeah. uh like arma's daisy like where it's mm -hmm. significantly better there's big reasons yeah. for it but yeah, I don't know. It's now if I remember if I remember correctly too, and I'm just kind of looking through just a little bit, just so I kind of have an idea a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is Kickstarter kind of like this is here idea, but we need donations to make the uh -huh. game? Yes. Yeah. Now with them getting kicked off, did these people that donate to this money did they get it back? So the funding didn't even go through. They were oh, still in the that part. Yeah. Okay. So the way mm -hmm. that it works is that people will pledge a certain amount, and once they hit that, or once they hit a certain deadline, yeah then the funding then you'll be charged for it mm -hmm. kickstarter oh. kickstarter got it 24 hours killed it 24 hours before um it was set to go uh you know to, for people to be charged mm -hmm. um so they didn't have to do any sort of refund or anything like that which is good good on kickstarter for doing that yeah. instead of waiting and then having to go through yeah. all these refunds and chargebacks and whatever mm -hmm. you know all them that's a fucking mess yeah um so good on kickstarter for that mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm really hoping Indiegogo and who, you know, whatever crowdfunding websites are just like, y'all just got kicked off of Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Y'all are going to have to really, you know, prove yeah. that you belong on the website before we let you back on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even for this game, was there any gameplay shown at all? So it was all just like rendered trailers and they were set to release a gameplay trailer i believe the day of and they still haven't released a gameplay trailer that in itself is so sketchy like why would mm -hmm. it take the entire actual kickstarter time to make any sort of like at least a playable demo or like yeah, a gameplay footage trailer so like that's it, ridiculous if this, was, if this was potentially gonna be a scam uh -huh. then how do you go about like because like let's say for instance they didn't even they didn't even they didn't suspend it and they got and everyone's pledged uh -huh. all their money so if uh -huh. somebody wanted to run and take that money then <laughs> like could kickstarter like do them or do something because like i feel like it'd be really hard i'm you sure have the money yes you have the money but i don't really could you could you really run away with that and so there there have been cases of that but yeah. uh i it i'm sure been. that like the normal go-to thing is take the money say that you're working on it release like maybe one or two gameplay footage trailers and then just release a piece of garbage because there's no like there's no you, you can't just be like oh this isn't what i thought it was gonna be when it comes to kickstarter because you're not paying for like the game itself you're paying in support of the concept so like yeah exactly so like say this group makes like two million dollars and then they try to make the rp which just turns out to be super mario 2 like mm. that's not they can't really do anything about that at that point the thing is finished and it's pretty much out of their hands at that point they can't really do anything so i'm sure there have been cases where they've taken off but i think for the most part they have to release at least something mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know personally i really don't know when it comes to that sort of thing 
but there definitely have been cases of people taking off with the money. There, there have been yeah. a couple. From the YouTube video itself, like the game looks good. Like, yeah, it look, if they had the money, it looks like it would be good. But yeah, if you're saying only two dudes are doing this, like, exactly, I, and that was like a rendered trailer. Yeah, exactly. That was right. like a pre-rendered. It, yeah, thing. it's it's one thing Not for two text. guys to make a rendered trailer. That can't be that hard. It's another yeah. thing for two guys to make anything of gameplay, let alone <laughs> anything mm. of actual value and substance. Like that's that's a big thing. If if it's like two guys and they're making a relatively small soap game, okay, cool. Yeah. I understand that. I get it. If you show any amount of gameplay whatsoever, I'll probably believe it. But mm-hmm. if it's oh, we're two guys, but we're super devoted to making this, give us money. Hell no. What, excuse me. What? Uh uh-uh, uh. It's not happening. There's no way in hell. Yeah, and I agree. I'm I'm in the boat nowadays where I don't even purchase uh, early access games anymore. I'm in the same boat as Danny. Yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. I really try my best not to, and I don't, like, do pre-orders and mm-hmm. things like that. But I understand. I, I get Kickstarter. I do. And, like, some of my favorite games of all time, Shovel Knight and Hollow Knight, were Kickstarter games. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not like Kickstarter can't work. It's just the the games that i really enjoyed also were very honest about their scope of their game and like what they could do versus just being like we're a small indie company but we're going to make like the ultimate experience in terms of gaming like this is going to be the best thing you've ever seen triple a companies haven't even gotten close to this there's a reason why it's cuz you're lying <laughs> like there's a reason yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. either you're you're either lying or you're incredibly delusional on yeah exactly to build exactly. something like that yeah um i think that's it is there anything mm-hmm. else you guys want to talk about I do have one last comment for yes. for this. if if two dudes can make um, a game like that raw, uh-huh. I think we should come up with a game called Fifty One Area. <laughs> oh God, no! I think we should create a game where you have to bit where you have to plan out a way to storm Area Fifty One. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in, in that game, do you choose like your champions? Like you have Tom, like Tom DeLong, fast and speedy. You have oh, Alex man. Jones, really strong. And <laughs> just like... some, it's some completely ripped off. It's like you have like your characters like Rihanna Keeves, you know, or something like <laughs> like you know, just stupid names. Oh, just you got you just... got Nork Chuck Chuck or not or not uh, Nuck. Norris, there you go. That's mm-hmm. there you go. You people like that, yeah. Yeah. You have Bob Lazar who <laughs> is just creating lasers and <laughs> sorry. Um my my conspiracy UFO side is showing off a little bit. I would really like if we if we did make an Area 51 game, I would really like an Alex Jones character who can just like throw trucks oh and God. scream about gay frogs. Just <laughs> oh my God. throw the frogs! Throw the frogs! <laughs> anyways uh so with that (laughs) let's go on ahead and close things down here um bubba tell the people where they can find you and what they're going to get with the uh and what they're going to get when they get there also show off that sweet sweet shirt oh it's not it's a little more than a shirt it's a sweatshirt (laughs) oh my god it's a tell us more you can find me at Abobu, it's backwards. <laughs> oh wait, no, it's right on the on the stream. Never mind. You get yes, over there, buddy. The stream. Never mind. I guess I'm on drugs. Okay. But, um, I figured. 
<laughs> you can find man. me at uh, twitch.tv pudding. It's Rainbow Six Siege, PUBG, whatever it kind of feel like doing. 75% is Rainbow Six Siege and getting very salty. And mm-hmm. when you come in, bring earplugs because I might be screaming. I don't know. <laughs> Possible. But yeah, uh, I, I have a scheduled thing Tuesday. No, I lied. Wednesday, Thursday, 7 till whenever I stop. So. Okay. Uh, what are some of the socials? At Boba Pudding, literally everything. Gotcha. There's literally nothing else that's different. So, and if you find something that isn't at Boba Pudding, it's a scam, or you found something personal, and get off it. Anyways, what about the Kickstarter page? Uh, Boba Pudding Kickstarter. How's that going? Boba Pudding Kickstarter. Well, yeah. I guess we'll find out. Got to make that Area 51 game. Uh, Ryan, what's coming up with your channel? Oh, man. So I am basically, like, doing exclusively Borderlands at this point. I'm having a blast going through. We finally finished our first character. We got him all the way up to level 80. For those who don't know Borderlands 2, that's actually max level in the game. Took, like, 80 hours to get to, which was nutty. But we finally did it. We're starting up our next character. I'm going to be playing mostly Borderlands all the way until Borderlands 3 releases, which just so happens to release on my stream anniversary, which is pretty cool. So I'm probably going to be planning on doing a 24-hour of that when that happens. So that sounds like a fun time. But yeah, that's that's basically what I'm up to. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash renditions with two Zs because I'm dumb. Can't spell my name. I'm big stupids. Um, and you can find me at renditions basically everywhere. Cool. But yeah. Coming up on my channel, Friday night, I have my uh, next follower special, the uh, long-awaited Danny Core. I'll be playing some Rocksmith and doing some uh, bass covers. Um, I'm real mediocre, so come in and laugh at me, fumble with my fingers. Maybe Rocksmith will teach me how to be a good uh, bass player again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Other than that, not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, probably a creative stream coming up here soon because I have some branding stuff and someone reached out to me. Like I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, I'm just trying to get more details from her on what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really about it in terms of my channel. Uh, the podcast. Uh, we do have a limited edition mud, but mug bubba pudding is modeling it right now it is sexy it will be gone july 31st so if you haven't gotten your mug yet go on ahead and get your own mug um we are doing giveaways all month ren what are we uh, giving away this month so we're actually i actually ended up getting two different things i don't know which one i'm gonna like give away um Mm. so last time i gave away borderlands 2 i ended up getting the handsome collection as well just because it was five dollars and i couldn't stop myself and i also got hollow knight so we're most likely gonna be giving away hollow knight next week but we'll see Mm. we'll see yeah um so if you are interested in winning that game what you're gonna need to do is when the podcast gets updated on spotify and on all of our other uh podcast platforms go to our twitter Find the pinned tweet that says we are the podcast has been uploaded with at Bubba Pudding. Uh, retweet this to win. Only retweet that. It will be the pinned tweet. Only retweet the <laughs> pinned tweet. Uh, and you'll be automatically entered to win that game. And your name will be thrown in the hat for a package of $70 value. Uh, which will be awarded to people at the end, which will be awarded to one winner at the end of July. So once again, every week we're giving away a game. Every week that you retweet that, you'll be entered to win another package. You're not limited to one prize. Um, kind of the whole point of the $70 package. Again, mm-hmm. retweet only the pinned tweets, not the retweets that say go <laughs> retweet the 
pinned tweet. <laughs> Retweet the actual pinned tweet. <laughs> Retweet everything. Retweet everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, guys, is there anything else? Nope, that basically covers it for me. Oh. I forgot. Uh, if you guys are watching us live, you can find us on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Swoot, basically everywhere podcasts are found. If you are on a special player and you cannot find us, let us know. We would love to be in the player that sh- of your choice. Um, also, guys, help support the show by telling your friends. Just like say, hey, I found this awesome podcast. Here's a link. Yeah. It really helps us out and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Um, other than that, we all good, guys? Yep, we're good. Yeah, we good. Awesome. Well, guys, until next week, goodbye. Bye, everybody. Get out of my house. Yeah? The Next to Nothing Podcast is brought to you in part by our partnership with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is your one-stop shop for everything geek. Find discounted books, new and old games, and a variety of software. A portion of all purchases from Humble Bundle go to supporting a charity of your choice, like the American Red Cross, St. Jude's, Save the Children, and more. With $145 million raised so far, Humble Bundle is a great place to buy your games and help save the world. Use our affiliate link in the description of this podcast, and a portion of your purchase will not only go to a charity, but also help support the show. Visit HumbleBundle.com for more details.